I thought after Donna Reed fell apart, you were going to give me a Jack Lemon type role, a feature. It's a critical time for me. I, I need something big. I can be Jack Lemon. You are Jack Lemon, and you're Jack Benny. Then get me a role. That's what this is. You're Lemon and Benny combined. They want you for the lead. Just promise me you'll keep an open mind. You ready? Set in a German prison camp. <laughs> It's a drama. No, that's it. It's a comedy. Oh, with the funny Nazis. I'm going to sit here and watch you struggle. I'm going to sit here and watch you struggle. Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of Fascinated with Films. We are back. The Jimmy Buffett edition. The Jimmy Buffett edition. Yeah, we were just talking about uh, R.I.P. Jimmy Buffett. I was never a fan of his music, but I love what he did for like manatees and what he did Here's for the Florida crazy and everything. Thing. Here's the crazy thing. I thought he was a tool. Yeah. Until I found out one of his best friends was Hunter S. Thompson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't be best friends with Hunter S. Thompson and be a tool. Oh, I'm, and I'm surprised he, uh, I mean, he was a, he went, he burned the candle at both ends. Uh, but he's sure. a billionaire. Oh, yeah, yeah. We were just That's talking crazy. about the the broken lizard when Bill Paxton basically played him. You think Jimmy Buffett has to put up with this shit? What was the, what was <laughs> the name that. of his uh, brand? Oh, I can't even remember. I can't remember the name of the movie, but I liked it. it was one of those? Uh, it was that second? It was after Super Troopers. Justin's it screaming lo- at the pod right now. It was. A, I know he knows. It was a great take on like a '80s horror movie. Yeah, er, like a horror comedy, man. It, it's hard to, to get that balance. Ton, it had a ton of nudity in it, too. It had a ton of nudity, but it had the comedy and it had the horror. Usually people kind of go both ways. And they it, did but. a great setup of making everybody look guilty. Yeah, yeah. They did a good job. I like it. Uh, I haven't seen any of their latest stuff after Super Troopers 2, which I did enjoy. Uh, how you been? Do you, you survive the hurricanes? There was nothing. Yeah, we, we got lucky. If, unless you were from Cedar Key or right up by... Uh, Live Oak got hit Live Oak really got bad. bad. That's crazy. Biden... Uh, he landed in Gainesville yesterday. He landed in Gainesville yesterday, yeah. right when I was like uh, up by there, too, because I had just gotten home from uh, getting some Chinese food. And I was like, oh, shit, Biden's in town. Uh, so that's smart. He, he flew here, and I guess he helicoptered to Live Oak and everything. Yeah, they got nailed. The uh, But, yeah, we got nothing. I was telling Better Dave. Better them than we, us. What's that? Better them than us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, if we, I mean, we're not, we don't have any water here. So ours, us would be all trees and stuff like that. I mean, we got a ton of trees on our property, probably a thousand. Yeah. None of them, no problems. Just nothing. Yeah. Hopefully, I parked we... my cobalt under the one that I thought was going to fall down the most. Yeah. So I could get insurance. I still had to do my. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I still had to do my uh, my route, and it was right during the crazy. It was it wasn't bad until the very end. Then it started kind of whipping up and everything. But you know that Memorial Park there, everyone is parked their car there because there's no trees there. Oh, so everyone's true. got their fancy cars parked at Memorial Park because they're afraid trees are going to go down at the, in their front lawns. And they yeah. ain't touching my fucking so I used you, Really funny. I used to work at the newspaper that you work at. Yeah. And one of my least favorite things was to get carriers, get to, carriers do the, to, do to do their route on, when oh, yeah. the hurricane was coming. Yeah, it's bad. It, it's, it it's, was like, it's shady, and I, I understand the company wants you to do it, but come on. Like tonight, I don't have to work tonight. We have Labor Day off. With as many people, with as how much they're trying to uh, well, save money. Well, now they money, probably wouldn't. I'm surprised they didn't I'm surprised they didn't. If it, Labor Day wasn't coming up, I think they probably wouldn't. Oh, but they knew the Monday. Sale, they knew they weren't going to run papers yeah. on Monday. So, But anyways, watch any movies this week? 
Did I watch any movies? Besides this week? the one we're talking about? Um, let me think. If you're just tuning in, we're going to talk about Autofocus, just the great Bob Crane story. Um, I watched a little bit of my annual viewing of Fog of War. Oh, nice. You have an annual viewing of Fog of War? Is it surrounded by anything, or is it just like a random... I think it's I think really a, important to understand oh, what, we've got, what we've gone through oh, yeah. from World War beginning of World War II I think that's where we are now. A quote from him too. He says, "If we're if we don't learn from our mistakes, we're yeah. forced to repeat them." And it's and it's relevant a lot because of all this craziness that's going on in oh, Russia yeah. right now. Because it's one of the best documentaries ever made, in my opinion. I love that. Documentary. Yeah, and he's very candid. One thing I wish he had done before he died was uh, he knows a lot about what happened in Vietnam. And yeah, he, yeah. And he's like, "We're not going to talk about yep. certain things when it came to Vietnam." Yeah, and you know, he's like. I would love to, but I can't. Yeah. I, I loved listening to him talk about uh, his stuff with like Chrysler and like coming up Ford. with the seatbelt. Ford. Coming up with the seatbelts and like going to MIT and dropping Stanford. eggs. Damn, I got everything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dropping you eggs. You got the story right. Yeah, yeah. Dropping eggs to see how they're packaged and everything. No, they dropped skulls. Skulls and eggs and all different stuff. And uh, yeah, it was really interesting to hear him talk. I mean, he was one of those. This country's most brilliant people. Yeah. I mean, he was like the top 1%. He was the one that helped the Air Force determine how many people they could kill bombing. Yeah. What, what types of bombs, how high to bomb, yeah, how Le much. Freak, Le, yeah, Le Le with the LeMay. That crazy guy. That guy was a fucking nutcase. I loved him. He was on that 13th. 13 Days, which is a phenomenal movie about the Cuban Missile Crisis that people should check out. LeMay is played by the crazy uh, mailman from Funny Farm. (laughs) He's really good. You just give me the word. I'll go in there. So anyone who plays LeMay is just nuts. Well, I watched a few movies this week. Uh, I rewatched because I just got the DVD and I had to uh, I had to pay like up on it a little bit because it's not even available on Redbox. So I, I can't even wait for it on Redbox to come out. Uh, so when I saw it for semi cheap, being like twelve dollars disc only, I snagged it. Was that Bo is Afraid? Still the only the last one that's been on my fantastic list is that Bo is Afraid, that crazy midsummer Ari oh, Aster one, okay. the one with Joaquin Phoenix, where it's like a. You said it wasn't it's, as. It's like a fever dream, but it's like a comedic fever dream. But it's it wasn't really as funny. shocking as. No, it has a. Couple couple shocking moments but it's it leans more into the comedy with it and everything but i rewatched it man it has one of the most realistic sex scenes you've ever seen in your life he has sex with parker posey who shows everything off she's done that before i don't think i've ever seen her nude before and this is she is straight up like it's 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 a very realistic and a very revealing they're not pulling uh sheets up or everything like that she's like riding them and they're showing everything on it and it's a very funny scene it like, because it was like silent dove style yeah, it was kind of like that, but uh, <laughs> Bo's, Bo's been told, his, the Joaquin Phoenix has been told his entire life, well, it's mm. crazy, I can't tell you what happens, but uh, he's been told his entire life that if he climaxes, he's going to die. So he's like crying during the whole thing, thinks he, thinks he's going to die through the whole thing, and it, it's really funny, something really fucked up. I'll tell you after, off uh, camera or off uh, mic, but it's really, really great. Uh, but a few definitely made my very good list, and a couple made my decent, and one of them made my dog shit. I was telling, uh, was I telling you or Justin about that Asteroid City, that Wes Anderson movie? It wasn't. Uh, it was horrible. Really? Oh, it was garbage. The trailer looks so good. Uh, it was a pretentious piece of shit. I was like, this is just not funny, it, man. Does everybody hard. else think that uh, it's a pretentious Some people piece like it. So I think it was, and I usually like Wes Anderson, so it's not like it's. Uh, I have a Wes Anderson problem. Because that I, Moonlight Kingdom. I love that. I love almost awesome. all his other stuff. But I was like, oh, this is bad. There's nothing even funny in it. I don't it. like um, 
that one actor very much. The what's the oh uh, Schwartzman? Yeah. Oh, I like Jason Schwartzman. If you put him in the right thing, he's pretty good. I'm sure. Uh, what I did watch though that I, I that made my dog shit list, and I had never seen it, but I'm working my way through that stack. Was 1989's Always? You know the Steven Spielberg one with Richard Dreyfuss, John Goodman, and Holly Hunter, where he dies in the plane at the beginning and he's a ghost the whole thing. Uh, oh, it was bad. It was so bad. It did not hold up. I don't know if he it was directed good back it. In the day. Yeah, he, he directed it. it. No, he directed it. It was one of his ones. That's the what Family Guy makes fun of. They were like Steven Steven Spielberg with such hits as Always in 1941. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with him on one part where they're trying to give him a dig, but that other one, man. But a couple of the ones that I I really liked. I rewatched or I watched for the first time. I mentioned it on the pod that I was. I think I had been in the middle of it. Was the Storm of the Century um, miniseries by Stephen King? It was like a two thing miniseries. I heard about it. Oh, really good. It was one of the better. uh, I mean, my favorite miniseries is probably Salem's Lot and It. I love those two the most. But Storm of the Century is right up there. I mean, he's got some garbage out there, but Storm of the Century is really, really good. You said it had a very needful things kind of. It had. It definitely had a needful things uh, feel to it, uh, which I just got the 4K of. Uh, and on the 4K, it includes the three-hour TV cut, which I have never seen. I've never seen the three-hour... Uh, the only one we've ever seen is the hour and 45-minute theatrical really? cut. It's an extra hour and 15 what? minutes in it, and so I can't wait to watch it. I'm like, what the fuck? I thought that first one was... The theatrical was pretty the gr- tight. The greatest thing about that movie is that I love the fact that he was getting other people... Oh, yeah. To, oh, yeah. To like... It, and it Vaughan wasn't even was so like good. a connection. It was like... You do this for me, and then I'll do this for you. Max, Va- see that was so good in that. Is I he love, dead? I love when. Uh, yeah, he died. I, one of my favorite lines from the entire movie is when uh, oh, wait, one wait. of them goes, "Jesus," and he's like, "Oh, the carpenter from Nazareth. I knew him well. He died badly." Yeah, <laughs> such a great line. Uh, I'm gonna skip a couple of these because the next one I'm gonna talk about. I'm gonna uh, talk about him with Justin. There's a Hammer movie. You know the Hammer films, which is basically Universal horror movies, but the British version of it. The, mm. the Brits did all the Universal horror movies, but they did them over there with the company called Hammer. And uh, like different they actors, did different different actors. Most of them were Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing, English? Vincent Price. Uh, they're in English. They're English, British. Yeah, it was a British company. So instead of Dracula, they did the har- the House of Dracula or the Horror of Dracula. Better story, better everything. Almost every one of them are better than the original. Curse of Frankenstein was a really really good one. Curse of the Werewolf. There was one of them that I bought because I was just going through and buying a bunch of the Hammer ones, knowing that eh, I'm going to like them or I'm not. This one I loved. It almost made my fantastic list, but it was called. Dr. Jekyll and Sister Hyde and what was going on was he was Dr. Jekyll but they mixed the Dr. Jekyll mythology with the Jack the Ripper mythology so when he turned uh, when he took his serum he went out and he became almost uh, uh, Jack the Ripper but to make it even crazier is when he took the serum it turned him into a woman uh, and he had a mole on his uh, cheek, but that that stayed when it was a woman and everything, and it was pretty racy and everything. But uh, it was so great. They use an actress, or did they yeah, they use an actress. Up? No, they use a, a different actress. They just put the mole on her cheek and everything. And he would leave. She would leave her house, and they had to uh, come up with the ruse that that's his sister living with him and everything. Mm-hmm. So they're looking for the guy, and not realizing it's it's actually him as a woman out there killing people. And she gets back, and the serum disappears and everything, and it becomes him again. It was fantastic. I loved it, and mixing it with Jack the Ripper was really good. Uh, another one that made my very good list, did you ever see Oliver Stone's U-Turn? 
What's the 1997 Sean Penn. I saw it way back in the day, but I didn't remember a thing about it. I watched it last Friday night. 97. It was really good. It it reminded me of Breakdown. You know that uh, Kurt Russell Uh one where he breaks down and everyone in town's fucking nuts and crazy? Basically what it is, probably the biggest all-star cast I've ever seen (laughs) assembled. So Sean Connery, uh, Sean Connery, uh, Sean Penn rolls into town and he, his... uh, He's being hunted down by these like bookies who are going to uh, kill him. He's on his way to Vegas to pay them off. And once he gets to town, everything wrong goes. His radiator hose blows and he shows up at the mechanic and it's uh, Billy Bob Thornton, like the shadiest he's ever uh, is. The sheriff is Powers Booth. The guy who owns the pawn shop of town who's crazy is Nick Nolte, who's, whose wife is Jennifer Lopez. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix is in it. He's crazy with his girlfriend, Clara Danes, who's crazy. And it's just everything in the whole movie is fucked up and fucked up. And it has kind of almost a simple plan vibe to it, too. Uh, really, really good. I loved it. I thought it was great. I knew I liked it because I uh, had seen it back in the day, but I didn't remember a thing about it. Uh, I went through a, a Chucky marathon <laughs> the other day. So I watched, all go through that. I, I watched Child's Play 1 through 3. Weird Did you enough. you see the TV show lately? Uh, I watched, we watched the first episode and it was great. And we haven't gone back to it. And it's about to start back up. I think that was my, my reasoning for going through it. I told Christina, I said, we should go back through that show. But I wanted to go through it because I know the uh, Don Mancini, the guy who uh, does the show, is pulling from all the movies, uh, even back from the beginning. So it, it, and they brought Alex Vincent weird, back. Oh, I've seen I've show. seen the first episode. It, it gets weirder because it doesn't. You watched stay. the whole thing? Or you watched? I, the... I watched a few because we were in Louisville, <clears throat> and late night hotel had it on. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. I, I like the idea that uh, the kid it breaks the bullied. fourth wall too. The, like the, the kid be, being the bully, it gets the doll, and he's like killing the people that are uh, bullying him and everything. Chucky's killing the people that bully him. So I watched. Uh, I went through the first three, and then I watched Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky. And I had never seen Seed of Chucky. Man, Seed of Chucky, Bride and Seed were comedies, and then they went back with Curse and Cult. They went back to kind of the horror elements of it, but there was a. There was a moment with Bride and Seed where they were straight up comedies, like literally in, in Seed, and it was funny. That's why it made my very good list. Like uh, the Tiff character, who is the character that Jennifer Tilly looks like, but it's a doll. Mm-hmm. So Chucky and Chucky and Tiffany are trying to get in bodies, and they decide they want to get into the real Jennifer Tilly. Tiffany's going to go into Jennifer Tilly's body and Jennifer Tilly's trying to get a role and the director of the movie she's doing is Red Man. <laughs> so Chucky's going to go into Red Man and it is just so the, the fucking rapper? funny. The rapper. <laughs> and it's so funny, man. It's just, it's a it's a riot. Was he in How High? Yeah. Yeah, he was the one in How High. So <laughs> I, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, so that was one uh, on my decent list. There was a couple here. Skin Deep. Do you remember Skin Deep with John Ritter? He was like a womanizer and everything. It was yeah. a Blake Edwards comedy in the late 80s and everything. There was one I saw it. I don't remember. There was one scene that was people always remember from it. And I was even telling my girl when we were watching it, I was like, there's one scene that I remember. There's a big scene in this we're going to pay attention to with a glow-in-the-dark condom. And I couldn't remember it until it happened. He And I'll just tell you about that one scene. But it was a good comedy. It, it was decent. It looked it like it was just floating around the room. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, they used like animation. So he, he's like, uh, she's like, hey, go in the other room and put a condom on. And you see like this blue, I mean, 
mean, they have it on like a stick or something mm-hmm. like that, but it isn't. I think it's animated, kind of how they did like Pee Wee's uh, Big Adventure. Mm-hmm. And so you see this red, uh, what would be a red dick going across the uh, the thing, and someone knocks on the door, and he like runs back, and you, it's totally black except for, except for the, the except for the red uh, <laughs> the red schlong. So you see him go and hide in the closet, and it's her ex boyfriend. It shows up, and she's like, "Get out of here! I don't want you to have anything to do with me anymore." She's like, "He's like, I'm just gonna go get my things." And when he goes in the bathroom, he comes out, and he surprises her by putting a condom on himself. So so instead of a red dick coming across, the blue one comes through, and, and he, like she's fight. like, "What the hell are you doing?" And all of a sudden, he hears something in the uh, in the closet, and she opens it, and it's John Ritter comes out, and so you see the mm-hmm. red and the uh, uh, the blue one wrestling with each other and everything. I was like, "This is fucking hilarious, man!" But I mean, other than that, it was kind of goofy and everything. Uh, I watched um, The Sword and the Sorcerer. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. 1982? Yeah. Wasn't that good. It, it, the movie wasn't that good, but the effects were really good. I mean, if you were into those type of movies, yeah. there's a limited supply. It of had them, so. the tone. It had the exact tone and the look that you were wanting. If you wanted to, Dragon Slayer is way better of it a movie. It was no Lady Hawk. You're a lady hawk. What are Richard Donner's? That's what they make fun of on Family Guy would yeah. be Richard Donner's uh, kind of low point. But I love Dragon Slayers a lot better than Sword and the Sor- uh, Sorcerer. But it had Richard Mall as like the evil sorcerer. I mean, it was everything. based on the video game, right? I, no, they met. They eventually made a video game on it. it so it wasn't the Sword really, and Sorcerer video game was pretty good. Yeah, it was all right. Uh, the the cover was a lot better than the actual game itself. But well, the graphics were what they yeah. were. I mean, it made my decent list. It, it prob- If it wasn't for the feel and the special effects on it, it probably would have made my dog shit list, to be honest with you. But the effects were really good. There was a point where, at the end, you didn't realize that this one character was the Richard Mall sorcerer. And he, like, ripped his head off, and he just, like, it was oozing all on. He had these crazy eyes. I looked up the trivia for it, and apparently the uh, in 82, they weren't really good with the contact lenses. And they uh, fused to Richard Mall's eyes. And they had to bring him to emergency surgery to have him removed from his eyes. And they had to, a couple scenes, he wasn't even in it because of him being away to have the I surgery he, done. I, I bet like, he could have retired on that. Check. Yeah, on I, that I was like, that's kind of crazy that, that it was that bad. So, uh, yeah. Now they just do it in post. Yeah, now they'll just do it in post. Uh, one other movie I watched, and uh, it's relevant for what we're talking about now, so I'll mention it. It's uh, 2008's Flash of Genius, and it's available on... It's one of the streaming networks it's available. I can't remember. Oh, I think it's HBO. Uh, And it's about... It's very similar to The Founder, the one with Michael Keaton, Mm -hmm. but it stars Greg Kinnear, so that's the connective tissue that we're going to talk about here. Greg Kinnear's phenomenal in it, as he is in the movie we're about to talk about. He kind of disappeared, right? He does... He's still working. He's just not doing major stuff anymore, which is weird because he's such a great actor. Every time you see him in something good... Uh, as good it, as good as it gets. gets, I think he was nominated. I'm not sure if he won it or not. Uh, I remember him. Wasn't he the talk soup yeah, guy? He was the original talk soup guy. And Which I if always people out him. there don't remember talk soup. Then you're young. <laughs> it was yeah. It was a time suck. Yeah, it was a time suck for but sure. It was. It was Hal fun. Sparks was Hal Sparks good. was on it at uh, one point. Uh, uh, Joel McHale was on it Joel for a McHale while, and there was the uh, the guy that had the streak in his hair, the skunk kind of streak oh, in his yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah. Hal Hol. Uh, no, no that, that's not Hal Sparks with the street. No, Hal Sparks is somebody else. He's the one with the okay. dark hair. Um, you know who would have done it if they had kept doing it? I it? bet Tosh would have done it. Oh, Tosh would have been perfect for it. They wouldn't have been able to control that motherfucker. Yeah. He did something similar on. Well, he on did his own Tosh 2.0. Yeah, yeah, which was very similar to it. He more did like people crashing their yeah. bikes and breaking their arm. But you would like Flash of Genius. Flash of Genius is about the guy who created the intermediate 
windshield wipers. He was he was an engineer at the intermediate mitten eater mitten uh, windshield wipers. So he was an engineer in his garage. Uh, okay. He was just pissed that he had to either have them on or have them off. And so in his garage, he created something, and he brought it to his friend Delmont Mulroney, and he was like, well, let's bring it to Ford. And he was so worried about people stealing the patent from him I would be that, that he showed it to them like 100 feet from them. And, he, and they were like, they want you out of the car. They think you're manipulating it in the car. So he stands up out of the car and puts his hands up, and they can see that he's doing it. And apparently, they've been working on it, but they haven't been able to crack it. And he cracked it. And basically, they fucked him over. They fucked him over. They didn't give him any of the money. They said, uh, we came up with this. We had it all on our thing. So the whole movie is him trying to uh, sue them. Did he win? And at some point, they were like offering him crazy amounts of money, but money does not matter to him. He says, I wanted Ford to admit in court they stole my idea. And if you're anything shy of that, I'm not doing it. They were coming with him. We'll give you thirty million dollars. This was like nineteen sixty something, and he's like, he's like, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. But are they going to admit that they're wrong and they stole my shit? And they were like, of course we're, not. We're taking it to court, and he's taking it all away and everything. So I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but it's a, it's a fabulous story. You want to know what Dave Dupree does in that yeah. situation? <laughs> it would be like Seinfeld. We're prepared to offer you uh, take unlimited it. coffee, and <laughs> yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. You see the smoke as like someone runs away with a check in their hand. So. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, yeah, let's work into autofocus here. Now, if any of you are familiar, we'll give a little, uh, before I go into the cast, we'll get a little kind of insight on Bob Crane. There was a TV show back in the 60s about a, a comedy show about... In a POW in, uh, camp. In the POW camps, which is... As crazy as it sounds, ended up being on the air for like 165 episodes or something like I that. I feel like unless it had Jewish support, yeah, like the writers or the producers or something. Unless they signed off on it, yeah, it wasn't going to get made. Yeah, and luckily, I mean, when you look at like The Great Escape, The Great Escape was a comedy that took place in a prison camp, so they they had something to at least yeah. go on that it worked. They obviously did not talk gas chambers. They did not talk killing. No, it was all about it was an. Officer I mean, you never camp. even saw Jewish. It was just it was officers, officers from it. British and American forces that yeah. were. But basically, what autofocus is. Is about Bob Crane is the main star of Hogan's Heroes. And, he was Hogan, and he was Hogan, and he was a straight laced guy who fell into the life of being a sex addict, basically, mm-hmm. uh, and dealing with uh, the pornography and movies and everything you could say. And we'll talk all about it and everything, but I want to go into the cast first. So, Greg Kinnear plays Hogan in it. We've just been touting up Greg Kinnear. I've got a list of his movies here. I'll tell you how his uh, his stream has gone. Uh, and I love him. I don't. I can't understand how he's not Tom Hanks, you know, because he is completely likable. Mm-hmm. He he can play an asshole. I've seen him. We've seen him play an asshole yeah. in a couple different things, uh, and we'll mention him when I go through his list here. So here's some of the movies that people might know Greg Kinnear from. He started with Blank Man, uh, which is just a tiny role in that movie. That's that uh, one with Damon Wayans plays like the handicapped superhero oh yeah, yeah, yeah it was ridiculous but it was funny i don't know if you could make that movie definitely nowadays. not uh <laughs> so from blank man he, he started out really good he went to sabrina dear god and then as good as it gets he was amazing and as good as it gets i don't know who won the award that year but he definitely deserved it then he went on to you got mail which uh was dog shit i remember i told you i was going to take a look at that i don't even think i put it on my list of movies because I, I didn't even make it 20 minutes into it i was like this is horrible i can't listen to the music i can't watch this sappy shit so i had not to turn mine. I had to turn not off. my type of movie. Not my type of movie. But a lot of people love it. It's not me. Then he went and did Mystery Man, which I remember not liking, but maybe I need a reviewing of that. Uh, 
He did Nurse Betty, he did The Gift, We Were Soldiers, then he did Autofocus. Stuck on You was probably where his, his star started to go a little one. That's the one where him and Matt Damon were Siamese twins. It was like oh, one of the last Farley Brothers movie. Uh, but then he came back with The Matador, which was really good with Bron- uh, Pierce Brosnan. Bad News Bears, he was great in he Bad was great. News Bears. He was the he asshole, was the asshole coach. Who would have thought that he would have played that uh, Vic Morrow role? Yeah. Uh, they didn't have him hit his kid, I don't think. I don't think Not so. Not in the remake. And they didn't like... Bad News Bears, the original, was yeah. pretty, like, nowadays it wouldn't oh, fly. Man. Yeah. But it, it definitely, if you ever wanted to know what the Tatum. 70s was like, though, watch the original Bad News yeah. Bears. It was, was straight Tatum, up. Tatum O'Neill. O'Neill. Yeah. They, like, sexualized her at, like, 13. Oh, yeah. And there was a lot of races. Everything that came out of Tan... Uh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. What's his name? Tanner. Tanner's uh, voice was uh, nothing you could say. Uh, but then uh, Greg Kinnear had a a career kind of revitalization with Little Miss Sunshine. He was awesome in Little Miss Sunshine. Played somewhat of a dick, but he had a like, uh, he was still kind of a decent guy. And he did that Invincible with Mark Wahlberg. He played Dick mm-hmm. Vermeil. And then, like I said, he did Flash of Genius. And he's still doing stuff today. Uh, the second kind of uh, co-star in this movie and a big one is uh, Willem Dafoe. He played someone named John Carpenter, not the Darren Carpenter all of us know. <laughs> uh, and I'll just mention uh, some of his earlier flicks because we all know who Willem Dafoe was, but just kind of showing how he started. And he started off strong, man. I mean, he really did not have a uh, a hard time getting stuff. He had a small role in The Hunger. He went and did Streets of Fire, which is a uh, kind of a weird uh, early Walter Hill film. He did To Live and Die in L.A. Then he did then he did Platoon. I I do. That's a great movie. At one point, it wasn't one of my favorite movies, but now every time I watch it, I like it even more and more. Like in the in the two William Freakin in the two cops. um, What's his name from uh, the TV show? Oh, William Peterson. William Peterson and the guy that was in uh, Monkey Shines. The, the guy that gave the but monkey it, the shot was his partner. Well, he and he also had a t. He was also on Mad like About a, You. I think. Yeah, Mad About yeah. You was like a long time. Yeah, and, and they like on paper that it, it doesn't look like they would be good or good together. Yeah, but they were. It is a good movie. I really, really enjoyed it, and it's one of the movies I was looking up because I had watched. And who uh, did the music? Uh, Tangerine Dream. Tangerine Dream. Great music from it. I had just recently looked Tangerine Dream up, and they've only done like 16 scores. And I was like, man, I really would love to get one of their old vinyls and everything. And I realized I have their best one. I have Thief, which is a great James. Uh, it's a very Conner. California movie. Yeah, very California. But the Tangerine Dream, man, I, I didn't appreciate Tangerine Dream as much as I could. So I am very conflicted with Legend yeah. because I think it's one of Jerry Brook, uh, Jerry Brookheimer, uh, Goldsmith, Jerry Goldsmith's best scores. But man. The Tangerine Dream score is good too. Maybe it's a, two movies. Maybe it's a, a two it's a, viewings. Two, two different. Yeah, watch it with one score and then I like watch it, it with I'm the gonna other. I'm going to do it. So, right after To Live and Die in LA, did Platoon, which was crazy. That'll I'm pretty his, sure he got the Oscar for that. I mean, uh, he's on the damn cover of the TV. Then he w- went and did Off Limits, which no one knows about. And I love Off that Limits movie, man. Good. Off Limits with him and uh, with William Defoe and uh, what's the tap dancer? I couldn't remember his name. Gregory uh, Hines. Gregory Hines. I love when they uh, there's a Fred Ward's in it, and there's a killing in Saigon, and they're like military police to have to investigate the killer, but they know the killer has has the clap. So remember, they have to go and interview everyone with drippy dick, <laughs> which is what they <laughs> called it. I loved it. Uh, then he did Last Temptation of Christ, which could have been a career ending, but it wasn't. Strangely enough, right after that, he did Mississippi Burning, which well, is another one that could have been. There a, I remember the Christian school being. Ooh. What type? When did Passion of Christ come out? 
Damn, Pasha Christ must have been like 87. Appletoon was 86, so it's probably 87, 88. I remember the Christian school. Oh, yeah. They said, don't even watch it. They go to hell straight for watching it. Well, they remember, not to get on too far to a tangent, but they brought that. His name was David Benoit. Yeah, one of the most interesting three-day sermons I've ever seen just because they talked about all the stuff we were into. (laughs) Well, I just remember him saying Huey Lewis is the devil Mm -hmm. because they sing the song Step by step, yeah. get you higher, was talking about false, that, building the, a false tower to reach heaven. That's where we were like, hey, he's and really I was reaching like, on this one. I was like, I, you, you have my curiosity at Dio. Yeah, yeah at Dio <laughs> and Ozzy, but then you're going that, and then he went mm-hmm. into like uh, uh, Sammy Davis Jr. I was like, come on, man, because he was at a party with uh, James Mansfield. They, I must have idolized this guy because he... They treated him like a superhero when he yeah. was out there. So he went and came to our basketball practice, and we did a scrimmage with him, and he was about five foot one. Yeah, he was a tiny little redheaded guy. Yeah, we, he was We embarrassed the hell out of him. Uh, but then, yeah, Miss, after the Mississippi Burning, he just did all the stuff everyone knows. Oh, Wonder I just Fofer. saw that. About, Great movie I've been there. waiting for that to come on streaming, and I know it's it's weird. It's like one of those movies where I... I mean, you, you shouldn't like it. It's dark, but it's great. It's one of uh, Gene Hackman's best. I mean, it's really good. And... Uh, Who's the who's the graveyard movie. shift dude? Rat Terrier. Oh, I just watched Graveyard Shift the other day too. That's Mine Brad Dorf. Brad and Dorf. I've been watching him in uh, Chucky. He was great in that. You know who who's great is in those in the Curse of Chucky and Cult of Chucky, Brad Dorf's daughter comes on. And a, and she's in the series also. Her name is Fiona Dorf. You probably saw her in the series and didn't even realize it was her. They do flashbacks of the James Earl Ray character. Uh, Charles Lee Ray, sorry, James Earl Ray is actually a serial killer. Charles Lee Ray was that concoction of the three serial killers put into one. Mm-hmm. Uh, she plays her dad in the flashbacks. They put her in long hair and make huh. her look like her dad, and she looks just fucking like him. And I was like, who the fuck? I remember first seeing it, I was like, who the fuck did I get to play Brad Dorf in these uh, flashbacks? I was like, it's Fiona Dorf. It's his fucking daughter. I couldn't believe it. It was really well done. Uh also in uh, autofocus, we have Rita Wilson, who's she's great at playing that white bread kind of yeah. uh, holier than thou type character and everything. And I forget some of the early stuff was on. She was in her first movie. She was in was Cheech and Chong's next movie, and then right from that she went and did Volunteers. And then when she did Volunteers, you could tell the uh, that she she did a lot of Tom Hanks projects, obviously because her and Tom Hanks got married. But I'll just list. They're them. still married, aren't they? Still married. Yep. I remember that. What was that? A couple of years ago, when that uh, oh, when that reporter almost asking, knocked her over, and Tom Hanks went straight evil on her and yeah. screamed, "Don't touch it!" He he went like Will Smith on her. Yeah. Don't touch my fucking wife! <laughs> I was like, "Holy shit!" Uh, well, I'm, I can man. understand it. You're protective of your woman. I am mine. So uh, this is just a list of her movies she wanted to do: Volunteers, Bonfire of the Vanity, Sleepless in Seattle, Mixed Nuts, which I actually like. It's a that Steve Martin uh, Christmas movie where. Uh, Adam Sandler's in it. Uh, really early Christmas movie. Uh, what's her name? Uh, someone else was in it. I just mentioned. Who did I mention that was uh, in that sex scene from Bo is Afraid? Uh, Parker Posey. Yeah, she was in that. She was great. Uh, then Rita Wilson went on to do that thing you do, Jingle All the Way. She was in the Psycho remake. I don't Paul, even remember. Paul 11? Uh, was she in Apollo 13? You mean? Not Paul 11. Apollo 13? Yeah, I think there wasn't Apollo 11. I think that was the horror movie, though. You mean Apollo 13? I don't mm-hmm. think she was in that. Uh, she was in the Psycho remake. She was in Runaway Bride, Autofocus, and she was in that Asteroid City, which I didn't even recognize her in there. 
Um, Maria Bello came in oh, as... Oh, man, I like her. I like I Maria had a Bello. I on her for a little while. And she hasn't done a whole lot, you know? It, but what she's done is really, really quality. Uh, the first thing she ever did was Permanent Midnight, which I don't know if you ever remember that. That was the Elizabeth Hurley, Ben Stiller movie where he was a heroin addict. Mm-hmm. It was a, I've seen it once, and it was decent. Payback, I think, is the first thing we really remember her from. Mm-hmm. She was really good in Payback. She played the uh, kind of the... She wasn't a prostitute. She was pretending to be a prostitute. I don't know. She uh, was his ex. That's all I don't remember. She then she went on to do Coyote Ugly, then Autofocus, then The Cooler, which I loved her in, uh, Secret Window. But then she uh, was amazing in the History of Violence. I loved her in History of Violence. That she, sex scene on the on the stairs. Ooh. Uh, thank you for smoking. World Trade Center. Grown ups. Prisoners. She was great. Prisoners. Man. She just had to cry for that whole fucking movie. And tell uh, Hugh Jackman, I don't care what you got to do. You get our daughter back. <laughs> God, I love Prisoners, man. Prisoners is another one that not enough people talk about. Now we got one of my favorite character actors of all time, Kurt Fuller, comes oh, yeah. into this movie. He plays uh, Colonel Clink in mm-hmm. the movie. When he they, does an excellent, really good, spot on uh, impression of it. Yeah, and he looks just they like They all kind of did. Yeah. I didn't even know the guy who played uh, Richard The British Dawson guy that played Richard he, Dawson. He, I, I'll skip to him before I go to Fuller just because the only movie I think I've ever heard of that he did, and he's only done like five, the only one I ever heard of was Autofocus, so he didn't really go on to do anything else. But Kurt Fuller, Kurt Fuller had a run like no one else. First movie he ever did was The Running Man. He was the prick mm-hmm. in The Running Man, and then he went on to do Red Heat, Miracle Mile, one of my favorite roles uh, by him, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, No Holds Barred, the uh, Hulk Hogan Zeus movie, Ghostbusters 2, Bonfire of the Vanities, Eva Destruction, Wayne's World, obviously everyone knows him from Russell. Wayne's World. <laughs> Put the flashlight down, Russell. Put it down, Russell. <laughs> uh, Stuart Saves His Family, The Fan, Scary Movie, Autofocus, Ray, Midnight in Paris, almost all his movies he plays an asshole, except for maybe the last three, Autofocus, Ray, and Midnight in Paris. But... Back in the 80s, he was the prick, man. He did a great job at it. He made a career out of it. So three actors that I'm not even going to go into their uh, thing, to their kind of filmography, but I just wanted to mention the fact that they were in this because they were, I didn't want to really go in it because they they literally were in like one scene and they were off, was Ed Begley Jr. came in yeah. and as that reporter. He's in a lot of Paul Schrader movies. I'll mention it later. Uh, Michael McKeon came on as the video exec. Everyone knows him as like Lenny mm-hmm. from uh, uh, Laverne Shirley or from Spinal, Spinal Tap. Tap. Spinal Tap for sure. Uh, and then uh, Joe Grafasi, who's another great character actor, he played the strip club MC in this. A lot of people oh, know yeah, him yeah, yeah. as the photographer from Brewster's Millions. Oh, Bruce's Millions. Yeah, Brewster's Millions. Uh, and he was great in this, so a really great cast. Now, as far as the crew goes, I love Paul Schrader. Paul Schrader is kind of a fucked up director, not as fucked up as... As say, Lars uh, Yeah, he's not that fucked up, but he he just he has a tendency to do some dark stuff, and he's he's a director and a writer, and he's almost done almost more famous stuff as a writer than as a director. So as the director, and Autofocus is one of my favorite. He is, but probably my even above Autofocus, I love Blue Collar, which is the movie I gave you with Richard Pryor mm-hmm. and Harvey Keitel and Yafat Koto. Hardcore, which is on Tubi, which might be have to be one of our next movies. It's with George C. Scott, and it's very similar, almost exactly like, but it was done way before. It's very similar to 8mm and Get Carter, where his daughter got in the porn industry and died, and he had to go and make himself look like he's a porn exec and dive deep, deep, deep down into the under, underground. Yeah, it was great. It doesn't sound like something oh, he would take. He was so good because he was so angry. Someone, uh, uh, Peter Boyle, 
was like a uh, a private eye. He's uh, I've got something to show you I, that I kind of broke this case, and you might not like it. And you see George C. Scott watching the porno video, and his daughter comes up. He's like, "Turn it off! Turn it off!" He's done that George C. Scott scream, <laughs> and then he's like, "I'm gonna go in there, and I'm gonna take everyone out from the inside out." It was a fabulous movie. I loved it. Uh, made my fantastic list last year. He did American Gigolo with uh, what's his name from Pretty Woman. I just Richard watched. Gear. Richard Gear. Uh Cat People, which was great. Affliction. That was a fucking that's where he got kind of it got a lot Affliction of was good. It was, was good. with um Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte. And uh I don't know who played his father in it. But it was dark. It was about alcoholics and abuse and everything. So it was kind of a, a dark subject matter. And then the last thing he really did was that Dominion, the prequel to The Exorcist, was which was a shit show. They had two different versions out because the other guy fucked it up, and they brought Schrader in to fix it and everything. And but neither of them were that great. But as a as a writer, like he had already written, he wrote those ones I just mentioned. But as just a writer, he wrote Taxi Driver, he wrote Obsession for Brian De Palma, he wrote Rolling Thunder, which is the one with William Devane and the Hook. Uh, he wrote Raging Bull, Mosquito Coast, The Last Temptation of Christ, and Bringing Out the Dead. Love Bringing Out the Dead, man. Mosquito Coast so was good. a good movie. I love Mosquito Coast. That's my favorite. She was so... Harrison Ford. She was so sexy back oh, then. Man. Watch The Thief, The Cook, His Wife, and Her Lover. Oh, my God. She's like straight up full frontal nude to the whole movie. It's rated X. It's, it's a great movie. But you forget how hot Helen Mirren was back then. Do you know she's playing... Uh, what's the the My Year woman? The Jewish woman that sent the people from Munich. Uh, oh, um, what was her name? Damn, I can't remember her name. She was the prime minister of Israel yeah. at the time during the Munich uh, massacre, and they've got so much makeup on her. She looks just fucking like her. Not quite as much as like her, in my opinion, as that girl from Munich. That woman from Munich. It looked like they resurrected her yeah. from the dead to play her. She was so uh, good. Uh, yeah, Golda Golda Meir was that a name? I think Golda Meir. I think the movie is called Golda or something like that. Uh, where was I? Oh, so the writer, the, the only thing I saw that he was famous for was Autofocus. So that was Mike, Michael Gerbosi was the writer. Now, the cinematographer was Fred Murphy, who had done a bunch of the good stuff. <laughs> Cue the Winged Serpent, which was so fucking fun, dude. That's actually available on 2B2. Campy as shit, but I loved it. He also was the cinematographer on Eddie and the Cruisers. Hoosiers, Murder in the First, October Sky, Stir of Echoes, Autofocus, Freddy vs. Jason, Secret Window. Uh, the composer, Angelo Badalamenti. Now, most people know him as the Twin Peaks guy. He was a big David oh, Lynch. Okay. Big David Lynch guy. So most of these movies I'm going to mention are David Lynch, but he's it done didn't have a It didn't have that feel, that's for sure. It didn't, for sure. He, he kind of branched out and did something different. And some of his other stuff doesn't either. Like, he's he's the composer for Christmas Vacation. I mean, who saw that one coming? I was like, who who, who we want to do the music for Christmas Vacation? Have you, have you heard of the David Lynch guy? They're uh, doing a... It's crazy. Com- I read today there's a Comic-Con. Yeah, all of them there. And they're all going to be there. Even Randy Quaid. I thought he was under extradition from Canada. He, like, escaped a warrant. He's a a weird madman. There's, like, video of him having sex with his wife in a cave on, like, a (laughs) line. It's, like, weird. He just went down this weird kind of path. But, uh... Also by Angelo Badalamenti is uh, Blue Velvet, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Christmas Vacation, Wild at Heart, Firewalk with Me, Lost Highway, Arlington Road, The Beach, Mulholland Drive. Was number three Dream Warrior? What was that? Uh, Dream Warriors, yeah, I love that yeah, one. That That's the best, one. in my opinion. Uh, he did Secretary, Autofocus, Cabin Fever. one of favorite movies. Yeah, it's one of those watch once, don't need to rewatch again type of movies, in my opinion. Now, the details in the movie, this movie was released November 1st, 2002. 
I saw it right when it came out. I remember hearing about it, and I was like, oh, I got to see this fucking movie. Uh, filming locations all in L.A. definitely feels it. Uh, the budget was $7 million. The worldwide gross, eh, 2.7. So it did, it lost some significant money, but it they was made, an indie movie. They made it back. I mean, no, they probably made it back eventually on streaming. So the trivia, some interesting trivia on this movie. The leather jacket that Greg Kinnear wears as Hogan is one that Crane actually wore. Crane's son, Robert David Crane, loaned the jacket to Kinnear for, Kinnear for the film. So his son was part of this movie, which is weird because it seems like one of the movies that his, his kids might not have been all for. But not only did he lend him the jacket, my next thing uh, trivia on here was money. he was in the movie. Crane's son also played a reporter who was interviewing Kinnear halfway through the film. Well, I, I told you there's a connection between Zodiac Oh, yeah. Tell us what that connection is. Robert Graysmith, who was the cartoonist played by Jake Gyllenhaal, who was obsessed with the Zodiac, he eventually cracked some of the codes and he wrote a book about the Zodiac killer. Yeah. And so he transitioned from a cartoonist to a crime reporter slash writer. He's a puzzle guy, too. Yeah. That was his thing. And he wrote. The script. I gotta rewatch. He wrote that the movie. script for Autofocus nice. that, that made the movie. So I need to rewatch Zodiac. I haven't watched it in a couple years, and I love and I, I I shit on Robert Downey Jr. But that's one of those ones that every every once in a while he does a role, and I hear about Oppenheimer. You know who else everyone says is great in Oppenheimer? And I've heard this crazy rumor that might actually be amazing. Josh Harnett apparently is really good in it, is and he- people are floating his name around for Doctor Doom in the new Fantastic Four hmm. movie, and I'm like, he would be great because he was awesome in that Wrath of Man, Justin. Rent Wrath of Man. You're going to love it. Uh, that's one of the ones I'm trying to get Justin to watch. Uh, but he really would like it. And Josh Harnett's really great in it. And he doesn't play his normal kind of guy. He's kind of timid in the movie. And he's really good. But Josh Harnett's one of those guys that was kind of a punky little kid. But then it took him a while to get his groove on. And then right when he was getting his groove on, he kind of disappeared from Hollywood. He starred with now Greg he's Kinnear back. in um, When We Were Soldiers. Oh, did he? See, I don't even remember Kinnear and When We Were Soldiers. That was one of the ones he I was the re-watch. helicopter pilot. Interesting. Though he was the one that would swoop in yeah. to drop guys off at the very beginning and, of the movie. I well, the cool that. thing was is the the movie is about so the cavalry, um, horse cavalry. Yeah, they kept the name when they went into the, so they became. This was that was the first engagement of helicopters in what war. In Vietnam. Vietnam, okay. So it's the first time they used helicopters in combat. Oh, interesting. And uh, and Mel Gibson's unit was going to be the first ones there. And the I don't think I could have told you that Vietnam was the first time we used helicopters. They didn't use them in uh, Korea? No, I don't think so. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, I don't remember anything about that movie, but I remember liking it. I remember definitely liking it. Was it was one of those movies where like it didn't stop. Yeah. Like when the first shots oh, were yeah, fired... Yeah. It, it was ambush watch? everywhere and people, and it was hard to watch sometimes because the, the fighters would come over and drop napalm and they had to drop yeah. it so close that they were burning up their own guys sometimes and they they were tending to one guy and his flesh was like falling oh. off his bone. Did you ever like, watch, uh, eventually watch uh, Heartbreak Ridge uh, with, uh, uh, with Andrew Garfield? No. Where he was like, I'm not going to hold a gun, but I'll be in there and everything. The medic. The medic yeah. who wasn't going to. Uh, I didn't see it. Oh, man, it was so good, dude. Mom had to stop it. I get it. Was too, uh, he, it was too violent for the, her. The older I get, the harder that stuff is to watch. Yeah. And this, this was violent maybe as hell. It's a, maybe man, it's like, it was what he was able to accomplish where no one would go over the ridge. He was the only one that would go over the ridge. And he started pulling bodies out and lowering them down because it was like the ridge was like above them, like uh-huh. 50 feet. So he would, he would tie ropes to them and lower them down. And people didn't realize it. Everyone on the ground who didn't go up there didn't realize he was up there and they were like 
there's bodies being lowered down and still no one was going up and he was he was lowering 30 40 people down and everything and he eventually saved like 80 people or something you're like holy fuck what this guy was able to do and everyone gave him shit through the whole movie and he saved like the entire yeah. platoon it was great <laughs> and he gives was, me goosebumps just yes. to talk about it. now he was a very moral <laughs> guy so he was like hey this is what i was here to do i told you this is what i would do uh so the 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 wristwatch that uh, that Willem Dafoe wore in the film was inspired by an actual watch sold in the back of several porno mags in the late seventies and eighties. I don't remember, remember the watch. which one. It was like a digital watch that that uh, he, he it was like this. He tried to use it as a come on at the bar for someone. Uh-huh. He said, "Hey, you know what time it is?" And he held up his watch, and they show two people fucking on it, uh, like one guy fucking some woman from behind, and it underneath it says "fuck time." He said, like, "Hey, you know what time it is? It's fuck time." And she just goes "ugh" and walks away. So it didn't work well for him. But it's weird that that was an actual thing. Uh, so both Kinnear and Willem Dafoe have blue eyes in real life and wore brown contact lenses in the movie. I mention that because. I did not realize that about Kinnear, but Defoe, you could really tell. When you looked at Defoe, mm-hmm. you were like, something's weird yeah, about yeah, William yeah. Defoe. And it was the brown context. It was very interesting. The car uh, William Defoe drove in the film was a sweet. 1971 Lamborghini Espada. Have you seen the trailer for the Adam Driver one where he's playing Enzo? In the Ferrari? Yeah. yeah. He it, looks just fucking like him, man. It's funny. There's uh, they. I saw an interview with him. They would... They didn't let him drive any of the Ferraris. Oh, really? Yeah, he oh, didn't get a chance a to drive. Oh, any that's of, fucked up. They were man. like, no. "I'm like, that's fine, but I want one for doing the movie." <laughs> that's <laughs> said, you I, get me one. You should have put it in the drive. That's fine with me. Uh, did you ever watch House of Gucci? Oh, it's, I I watched. Man, it was some so of it. good. I loved it. It was like a. It was like what Scorsese. You would have thought it was a Scorsese movie, but it was Ridley Scott. It was so good. I loved. Uh, what's her name? And Lady Gaga. She was great in it. Uh, so Ed Begley Jr. I had mentioned he was in he he was a Paul Schrader regular he was also in Blue Collar Hardcore and Cat People I need to rewatch Cat People man Malcolm McDowell I remember just the scenes from uh, Terror in the Isles but I own it remember the scene with the prostitutes trying to wheel and deal he says we don't accept uh, we don't accept checks he's like well that's not exactly true we will accept checks and then there's that that big like panther tail under the bed mm-hmm. and the panther just swipes at her leg and takes like a chunk out of her foot. That's the only scene I think they showed from Terror in the Isles. Uh, and the only other uh, trivia I got on here is Greg Kinnear revealed in the commentary on the DVD that he did not appear in the climactic death scene. The body was actually a lifelike rubber mold of a really good one too. Uh, a lifelike rubber mold of Kinnear posed to recreate the crime scene photos of Crane. So let's talk about the film. We can even start from the end so <laughs> and let you know that what Bob Crane is known for, other than being the star of Hogan's Heroes, he was one of the biggest unsolved mysteries in Hollywood, along with like the Black Dahlia and a whole bunch of other ones. But someone came into uh, his room and bludgeoned him to death with a tripod. And the crime scenes, are, you could pull them up. You could pull mm-hmm. up Bob Crane yeah, crime yeah. scene photos and you'll see it. It's very similar to like how the the uh, the Wonderland killings were. Uh and it makes sense how they didn't solve it. It's crazy. I mean, it. it, it the only thing I wish the they had done something had with was, the movie is to go a little bit more into that. Yeah. The only suspect they had was John Carpenter, was yeah. the Willem Dafoe character. But they were could. best friends. And the way they made him look in the movie, he was slighted at different times and everything. But it did not seem like he was the type of guy that would do something like that. It didn't. It, but, but I mean, what other reason? A, I mean, a, what other, who else could have possibly done it than him? He had almost zero friends at that time, too. Yeah. He was only hanging out with John Carpenter at that point. I mean, he was a creep. So... 
let's go back to the beginning here. Bob Crane, he started in radio. You know, he was a very likable radio kind of guy just back in the day in the 50s and uh, early 60s. Just kind of trying to break into Hollywood and he with his uh, his agent trying to get him any work he was on Donna everything. Reed he was on Donna Reed and there was later in the uh, a bunch of stuff uh, came out that he showed Donna Reed uh, like pornographic his, material well he had a scrapbook of all yeah. the he had like a people Dexter he, style kind he of took thing. a scrapbook of all he took pit, naked pictures of a lot of yeah People. He was clean cut as a motherfucker at the beginning of his career, even uh, yeah. through his radio and at the beginning of his uh, his acting career. Very clean cut, went to church, loved his wife, had three kids, family man and everything. He wasn't even drinking. He was just ordering grapefruit juice when he went out to people. So most people thought he was a square, especially compared to like Richard Dawson, who was like a womanizer, like a motherfucker. But many people know Richard Dawson as the... Uh, uh, the Family Feud guy that kissed everyone, or from Running Man. He, Did he also do roles. the um, dating game? Uh, no, he was on the match game for a while. He was one of the guys on the match game that uh, that ones where you wrote down something and you showed. That's your the thing. one yeah. I was talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I still and remember. He was creepy on that. I still remember one question on that from there that was the funniest thing you've ever seen. It was like where he asked the wife. To answer this question, where's the craziest place you that ever, was had, newlywed. That ever was newlywed had game. sex? That was the newlywed game. And she game. said, in the butt. In the butt, Bob. <laughs> and everyone started, even Bob Eubanks laughed yeah, yeah, his ass off. Yeah. They couldn't believe it. And she had no clue that that's not what he was referring to. That is one of the funniest clips. Anyone pull, pull up, in the butt, Bob. <laughs> one of my favorite one-liners from this movie is this a dream sequence. Oh, where the, go where balls deep. Yeah, go balls deep, Pop. <laughs> Uh, we'll talk about that when we get there. So his dive into like being a sex addict was very slow. You know, he met Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe was a uh, like technical. He, he lacked the opportunity. Even though he was famous, he would go home to his wife. He would go home to his wife and everything. But he once he got the Hogan's job, he ended up running into John Carpenter, who was a uh, a stereo guy. He he was he had the he, he was, was like on the cutting edge of everything electronic, all technology, anything video recording or sound recording and everything. And he was working on Richard Donner's car and uh, Dawson's car, and uh, he ended up just by happenstance ran into him and he says hey you should come up to the club with us uh and everything we're gonna have a and drink that's what it did it they took him to the, to strip, the strip club, club. and yep. he ended up playing drums and that's what yep and he it. just started going back just as a drummer you know sitting in with the band and everything and then even with his uh he remember he took the priest out to lunch because he uh-huh. was like hey i just want to talk to you i've been playing drums lately and uh he, but i've been doing it at strip clubs and everything he's like yeah you know at the you could come do it at the church and do it with me and everything and you could tell he <laughs> the fame got to him even when he's having dinner with that guy that's really gorgeous woman comes over and yeah, takes yeah. a picture with him and everything and uh you could tell that ah uh, he has not had this taste this is a story as old as time in hollywood man yeah people who are nobodies in missouri come to hollywood they get that small taste of fame and and uh and uh Fans going crazy over him and realize that women are throwing themselves at semi celebrities, no matter who you are and everything. And that's what happens. He he ends up going. He invites uh, Willem Dafoe's character invites him. Uh, he meets two girls and they invite him back to the house. To they said, "Hey, want to go out to a uh, to a club? We'll have a drink and everything." And Willem Dafoe's like, "No, come to my house. I got a new stereo system. I'll show it to you and everything." And remember, Willem Dafoe takes him aside he's like, and he's which like, one you which one you want? He's like, oh, I'm married and everything. And uh, he's I'm not sure. And then he doesn't drink. And he was like, 
there's a great scene where he's like, he's got an orange juice yeah. and he's like, here, put vodka in there. Yeah. And he's like, oh man, I need a little help to be able to get there. And he even tells the girl when he's alone, Willem Dafoe's in the other room plowing this one girl and uh, Greg Kinnear's playing it very mild with this girl and he's, and he's like, yeah, you know, I'm married and I'm a family man. And she's like, so am I. What does that have to do with anything yeah. and everything? And then he does it. He dips his toe. They and- did a great, they did a great scene where he was, he was, it was, it was during the Hogan run. He yeah. was being interviewed by not Egg Bailey, but a different reporter. That might have been his like, son. That might have been his son. He's like, what's the secret to your yeah, marriage? Yeah, I bet that's his son. I bet that's his son. And he's like, don't make waves. Don't make, but the whole time he was I've talking about- i named the episode of that. Don't make waves. The whole time he's telling the story, they're, they cut back from him being interviewed to all the girls he's plowing. Like, yeah. Eh. And it's a terrible word, but <laughs> it, it is. But he's also he's not only having sex with these women; he's videotaping them. He's taking he's photographs get, of them. He's having orgies. With he's them. having orgies with them. And what we should talk about that one falling oh, out. Yeah. That What's him, that? There's <laughs> a scene. So Willem Dafoe. Not only do they they have these like threesomes with girls, they have they're they're having them in separate rooms. Sometimes they're having them in the same room and everything as orgies, and everything in multiple girls. There's a lot of nudity. Yeah, in this a lot movie. of nudity. Paul Schrader does not shy back. And this movie, to be told correctly, needed to have it. So if you have a problem with nudity, this movie's not for you. Uh, so <laughs> if you have a problem with nudity, you're... yeah, I mean, stay away from Paul Schrader's movies altogether yeah. too. But. Not only are they doing all this, they're, they're watching their home movies that they make because mm-hmm. home movies were like a, th- a a thing at this time. They uh, they weren't. They had just come out. Uh, v- VHS. Yeah, VHS. Recorders. But even like uh, yeah, reel to reel and they're and uh, but it's no, it wasn't real. Reel to reel was long. Remember they v- showed him the tape at one time. It was the size of yeah. your head. Well, it was VHS? It was the first VHS recorder. Yeah, and so he he was editing himself and everything. So there's a scene where he's watching it with Willem Dafoe, and he's like. What is that? He's like, can you rewind that? And Willem Dafoe doesn't think anything of it. And he's like, yeah. He rewinds it. And he's like, like, he said, can you pause it there? He says, it's going to lose a little uh, of the focus. But yeah. And he's like, what is that? What's that on my ass? That's your hand on my ass. Well, Willem Dafoe, he actually asked him, what is that? And he's like, oh, that's my hand. He's like, your hand's on my ass? He's like, yeah, it's a a, 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 an orgy. It's a group grope. It's a group grope. He's like, it's it's no big deal. And he says, no, it is a big deal. And he's like very uh, homophobic. And he's like, he's... He's like, we're done. This is this is it. We're not gonna. Uh, and he stays away from him for a good three months until he until, has problems with his uh, with his with VCR. His VC, yeah. And he has to call him over. And he comes over and he's like, Hey, you've been fiddling with this thing, and you can't just t- scotch tape this thing. And then they kind of make up. They're like, All right, I'm sorry about before. Well, he was the conduit to Greg Kinnear really being able to live yeah. that lifestyle. And, and Willem Dafoe did not have the celebrity to get these girls uh-huh. himself. He needed Bob Crane, uh, and they he called himself Bob Crane's manager and everything. Yeah, yeah. And they were like a very close and You can understand, friends. like, if he makes him his whole life and then Bob Crane takes that away. Yeah, it's true. That's a motive for murder right there. I mean, it, but once their celebrity was... It was dying down. Like once Hogan ended, it, it, Bob Crane became like a nobody after they did that Super Dad movie, which actually had Egg Begley Jr. in it, it too, which was weird. Uh, he, he could he was getting these horrible, horrible things, and then he was he was drinking, and it was like the. One cringeworthy scene was when he went on the cooking show. Do you uh-huh. remember the cooking show scene? I don't know if you made it when you did your I don't, reviewing. I don't. Re- he quite. He went on the it. cooking show and. Uh, 
he starts openly talking about the the breasts of the woman in the front row. He's like, "Whoa, someone's smuggling balloons here," yeah. and everyone is shocked. And like, well, he even the host, very, the, yeah. the host was like, "Are you all right, Bob? Do you want to do you want to cut?" He's like, "No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I just can't stop looking at those boobs." And he was he's well, he, he thought he, it was, he, he was to, trying to normalize his his feelings yeah. because. Like when someone approached him and said, don't show that book that you've been keeping yeah. to people, they're freaking people out. Yeah. And they were like, like did you show pornography to your son? We, we've got like, when he, he eventually gets divorced to Rita Wilson yeah. and he goes with Maria Bello, who was on Hogan's Heroes with him, who said, I'm fine. I know you're sleeping with all these women. I'm fine with it. Which had, she really wasn't fine with it. Anyone that tells you they're fine with that, eventually they're not going to be fine with it. She was more upset that he was never home, to be honest with you. But he had another kid with her, and it's, his kids actually did not like stray away from him. They Apparently, in one of them says well, that the movie was probably a good dad. Well, Rita Wilson says, you know, mom never talks bad about you. Uh, so I mean, he was probably a good dad. He lives the Jekyll. That's like a Jekyll and Hyde. For sure. Like or, personality. Or a Jekyll and Sister Hyde. Jekyll and uh, <laughs> For sure. He was, he was, it was a secret life. It was basically and a secret you almost life. like, before they knew it was an addiction... Yeah, even now I bet people don't know about Bob Crane's secret life. Like, people who watch Hogan's Heroes might not know that, oh, this guy was a sex addict and got murdered. A lot of people don't Hogan's know Hogan's Heroes was a really good show. It was it was decent, it was very... you know? I, I watched it. I, to be honest with you, the, the funniest characters were the, the big German and Clink. I, I thought they were hilarious. And, and who was the... French guy Lebeau, Lebeau. Uh, was his character in the um, they didn't really show much of him they didn't show the, him but I always thought he story. was a great character they they had a black character on it which yeah. was at that time was very uh, they didn't have that a lot so I, I thought they, they pushed the envelope with it and everything you're, most, you're the most brutal commandant in all of Germany <laughs> yeah. you're number three right behind <laughs> right behind Himmler or something Himmler and Himmler who I am, Ooh, I am. <laughs> it's crazy some of the lines Hogan <laughs> yeah, we, we mentioned the dream sequence it's a great dream sequence where Greg Kinnear is is uh, is being think, is having sex with or uh, they're they're all groping Maria Bello well they didn't even that, it started out with him just going back and forth with Clink yeah you didn't know it was a dream sequence and then sequence. she comes in and lays on the desk and then Clink and, and then the Kurt German Fuller's guy like grabbing her boob and yeah. everything but then you see you see uh Doors open up. The doors open up, and Rita Wilson's standing there with the two kids. Go ahead, Bob. Go, go for it. Go ahead, Bob. <laughs> Fuck her. I'm, man, I really... It, it bothered me. I was like, man, did she say that line with the little kids right there? I'm not sure if she did. But then again, the scene right after that is this little boy going, standing at the door going, go balls deep, Pop. <laughs> I think I heard them... I love it. They didn't explain to the kid what he was saying. Yeah, that makes more sense. Go balls deep. Like, As a 10-year-old, he it, might not have known I mean, what the hell that was. But uh, <laughs> it was funny as hell to watch, man. Greg Kinnear was really good in this movie. Really good. Uh, and that's what really disappoints me when I'm watching this movie or I'm watching that Flash of Genius. I was like, man, Greg Kinnear was so good. I don't know if he had just picked better roles than Stuck on You and shit like in Mystery Men. Maybe he could have been like the next generation's like Tom Hanks. And he still has it in him, man. I, I mean, think- it's one of those things where he made it in Hollywood. Yeah, obviously. He's still working. He's probably he, got plenty, plenty of money. money. Yep. You, family life comes up. Your yep. kids start getting older. You're like... Do I really want to be on set for 16 weeks? Yeah, it like, gets grueling. The business is shit, man. And I, the more I hear about it, the, it's that's why these shittier now. That's why Costner and those guys are going over to television. Yep. Yeah, they get it's to like, go home to their family yeah. afterwards. They, I'm going to work eight hours. They don't want to go on location to, no. to Jordan and film in the desert and shit like that. Yeah. It's Let just young a, people do that. Yeah, that's a young person's job. Let Adam Driver go out there and film yeah. in Italy because I sure as hell don't want to do it. I mean, I'd go to Italy. I, I hear getting scripts. Like, they were... Impo- uh, 
getting scripts even green-lighted if you're a name now is hard, and they don't give you hardly anywhere near the money that they used to give you. Apparently, back in the day, they would give you like ungodly writers monies. Or actors? It, writers. And they would give you, well, actors for sure, but the writers were getting ungodly monies for their scripts. They were getting free Porsches like, uh, as like gifts and shit like well, that. Now, but with, uh, now they lowball you chap, and you get nothing. Chap uh, uh, 8. Yeah, the, what is it called? The AI. AI. I tell you what, I use it on Bing yeah. to do searches. It's good, huh? And you just string a bunch of words together and it goes out in the universe yeah. and comes back like before. Well, it's it's weird just to even Google something. Like if I Google w- what's wrong with my, uh, like I'm having like a carpal tunnel in my hand. If I, if I Google uh, remedies to carpal tunnel and then I, after that I write what is, and if I push the word T and it will come up with tendonitis, they know that yeah. I'm looking yeah. for similar stuff afterwards. I think they, I did the same thing with my hand. Yeah. When I just typed in my symptoms. Yep. And it came back and said, you have a compression on your ulnar nerve. Yeah. It's crazy how shit works these days and everything. It's like, so I didn't need to pay you anything. I, I understand what Thank the you. writers are out there fighting for because they're not going to need them. They're, what they're going to have is AI is going to write the script and they'll hire one writer yeah, at to, the fraction to, of the price just, just to, to kind come of in assemble and, and do it all rewrites. And yep. say, okay, we got to... The framework do is that. done, but, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. because that's what they've been doing for years. They've been having good writers do... Like, you could literally type, what's the best way to end a murder mystery? Yep. And it will come back and say, it'll pull from all the successful murder mysteries and say, yep. you know, reveal your killer the at the it. end or something. <laughs> yeah. It'll give you all these ideas. It's crazy. Like, original ideas. I don't know if... I, it sucks. No. Whatever. Yep, I think it was fun when we were doing our movie stuff, but probably we would have been struggling like everybody else if we had stuck with it uh, these days and everything. And I, I feel bad for the writers and the uh, the Actors Guild and all these people that are just getting thrown to the wolves and are used to getting a certain amount of money for things, but now have to live uh, below their means. So it, it makes sense. People, A lot of people give like really great actors. One of the biggest complaints I see is when really young up-and-coming actors go to Marvel, and then they're done, you know? Mark Ruffalo, I love Mark Ruffalo, but Mark Ruffalo has basically traded what could be a great acting career to play the Hulk for the last 15, 20 years. Now, he made tons of money. If if it's a money thing, that's fine. But he is not going to, until he gets away from that, he's not going to do any good movies anymore. I mean, every once in a while it dips back in because he did that priest molestation movie he did he did spotlight he did the uh the one about the contaminated water that was kind of like aaron brockovich mm-hmm. he did that movie and everything he, and that, he really, i love him in that vein uh but it's like when you hear you're not going to make that money like robert edgars who is famous for doing the witch in the lighthouse and everything i'm like don't snag that don't go to marvel don't go to, like keanu reeves keanu reeves don't go to marvel man it's hard to turn i, down I know it's hard to turn down. down we'll give you a hundred million dollars but Someone like Keanu Reeves has the money. You can't really tout him for the money. I mean, he's not hurting. For he's money. not hurting for money, and he's one of the last few people. He's not a great actor either. He's a he's a great person, and if you put him in the right mo- uh, movie, like John Wick or mm-hmm. all these things, he's he's great in it. But I'm telling you, I mean, you go back and watch Dra- Dracula. <laughs> 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 or or some of his deliveries. He's, I mean, not a, the, he's not a fabulous actor. I saw a meme today where they showed DiCaprio, Pacino, De Niro, and Keanu Reeves. Name the best actor in this group. I was like, 
Who, who, Wait. Are, you, are you supposed to tell me that Keanu Reeves belongs with uh, Pacino, De Niro, and Leonardo DiCaprio and that uh, he shouldn't belong on that list, man? I mean, I love the Scanner guy. Darkly? Yeah. Was he in that? I liked him He was Scanner good in Darkly. that one. I liked him in Neon Demon where he played a fucking prick. You never get to see Keanu Reeves play a prick. And he was he was crazy good in that movie. He was in, He played an abusive boyfriend in another movie. The Gift. The gift. Yeah, he was he was vicious in that movie. Yeah. He was really a scumbag, where he was like beating the hell out of Hillary Swank in that movie. And wasn't he also dating uh, Katie Holmes? Like mm. in the movie, he was. I, she's the one who died in that movie. That was one of those movies that uh, th- there's too many cringeworthy scenes in that movie. You're like, all right, I've seen it once. You don't need to see that mm-hmm. Giovanni Ribisi scene. The uh, blue diamond. Yeah, the blue diamond. You don't need to see the blue diamond scene again. Uh, but oh god, <laughs> every one of the movie was great. I thought for years that they used a body double for. Katie Katie Holmes and apparently didn't that, that was actually Katie Holmes doing the uh, the nude scenes in it, uh, but it was one of the first things we saw. What's her name? And she's the star of it. Uh, what's the woman who from the uh, from Aviator? Oh, uh, one, uh, which one? The uh, the main one that was dating uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. She played the Bacall woman in it. Uh, damn, I can't remember her name. She's one of our best actors too. I name all these character actors and everything, and then the big ones are are. Slipping away from me, I can't remember. Uh, but that was one of the first movies we saw her, and she's a star of the gift, whoever that is. She was ginger, yeah. She she had redhead, that's she had why, redhead, that's, that's why for sure. <laughs> uh, autofocus though, man, and it yeah, it takes you all the way down to that uh, that death scene. And they show you, like Dave says, it would have been nice to see the aftermath and the courtroom scenes, but they they told you about it through narration, uh, because on screen. They on screen words, and they also had Greg Kinnear doing narration through the whole movie and everything. Yeah. And the narration worked in this movie it too. Did, didn't take away from it. No, Greg Kinnear was fabulous in this movie. Definitely one of his top three or four movies, in my opinion. As good as it gets, Little Miss Sunshine and Autofocus were his like really, really fantastic movies that he was in. But I, I liked him in Bad News Bears. Do you like that remake? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like yeah. the remake too. I, th- I like them both equally. You could really watch one and then watch the uh, the remake. Uh, the remake was done by the guy who did uh, Days of Confused. He was a big baseball guy, so it made sense. And Billy Bob was good. Ba- Billy Bob basically was playing his bad Santa yeah. role in that whole movie and everything. Like when they're in the car singing the cocaine, the Eric Clapton cocaine song, and uh, so they, one kid fall out of the car when he took. I can't the, remember. I've seen it the, so long. He had them all cleaning the pools. Yeah, cleaning the pools. Marsha Gay Harden was good in that movie. I have to rewatch that one too. Uh, but yeah, that's Autofocus, man. Really great movie. Check out some more of Paul Schrader's movies. Like I said, Blue Collar and Hardcore, so fucking good, man. I don't know where you could find Blue Collar, but Hardcore is definitely on Tubi right now. And if you were in for a dark, dark movie, Afflictions is one of those great movies to check out too. So that's also a great one. But yeah, that's Autofocus. So uh, next couple of weeks, we got some good stuff coming up. Me and Justin are going to do the super. Uh, we've got some, uh, me and Dave got some on the slate too. So we'll be bringing you some good stuff in the next couple of weeks. If you want to leave us a like or a comment on our two platforms, SoundCloud and iTunes, that'd be great. Or you can shoot us an email, films at gmail.com, or you can just go to Facebook where me and Justin are usually on, and you can leave us a comment or uh, see our pictures that we post every week a couple days before we drop an episode so everyone can get a chance. We're still going through this Tubi run because Tubi's just putting out some bangers, man. And I love the idea that we can talk about films that people can actually go and watch because it's one of those few places right now that's not behind a paywall you know yeah. i don't know how the hell tubi can do it and i wonder if some at some point if they start charging there's probably two or three movies i wouldn't want to watch on tubi because i want to keep that continual flow but not many it doesn't break it that much every 15 20 minutes they'll 
and the commercials are short. They're like thirty seconds, thirty seconds or something like that. I they have so many movies. But that I wouldn't are want super to, hard like, to watch find. Saving Private Ryan. No, no. There's other there. movies like some of their big movies. I I'm not even interested in there. Like they had all the John Wick movies on there. Why are you gonna watch John Wick movies on Tubi? But those smaller like mm-hmm. uh, cult movies, you can't find those things anywhere. There's some movies on there that you are not finding on DVD. You might be able to find them on VHS, and that's about it. So. Uh, well, the fog, of, the fog of war. I'm watching on Tubi. Is that it's on Tubi yeah. also? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have great stuff on there, man. So I, I appreciate what they do. We don't get any uh, uh, money from touting them, but uh, I, I will tout them to the end of the earth. Them and Pluto are always playing. Pluto has a fucking. I have it on in the other room right now. Pluto just started about three months or two months ago a Godzilla channel, and I know that's not most people's things, but me but and my the ones my, who like it like it. Me and my cousin, it's twenty four hours of Godzilla, and if I can't find anything on, I'll just put it on the background, man, because I love watching those old school. You movies. and Mendoza, Mendoza, uh, Mendoza, was Mendoza used to put Godzilla on, but he he'd mute the volume, yeah. and he put punk rock. It's perfect. Perfect. I used to do that all the time with different movies that had good visuals, but then I would put like heavy metal on the background. Sometimes I'll do it for uh, wrestling. The problem with wrestling is I, I love the commentary. I'd rather listen than watch a lot of times the wrestling because yeah. I just want to hear Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain arguing with each other. Can you believe it? Can you believe the it? The ref had his back turned and he didn't see him Or Jesse in the Ventura ring. talking about different stuff. And uh, oh man, I love those old wrestling. I told my girl, we had a, one of the interviews on the other day. And I told her, I said, I could put on wrestling interviews, those old school 80s and 90s wrestling. I could watch like three hours of them. Just put them on in the background and mm-hmm. just hear them talk. Those guys really nailed it back in the day. Lost a couple of good wrestlers the last couple of weeks too, man. Uh, who'd we just lose? Uh, there was one guy that just died. He was 36 years old. I had never heard of him. The but, junkyard dog, I think we just uh, lost. Did we? Did we lose a junkyard? No, he was a while ago, I thought. There was another guy that we had just recently lost. The uh, one that was in the documentary well, there was a thir- that uh, we, of the, the one in that documentary that was recovering from alcoholism. Jake the Snake. No, well, Jake lived. One of oh, the, you're talking about Scott Hall. Scott yeah, Hall. Scott Hall died. And that was a shame, too. I love Razor Ramon. I knew him when he was the Diamond Stud back in WCW. Yeah. I'd, I've been going back and watching these uh, WCW matches because I'm not familiar with them, and it's all the wrestlers I know going under different names and shit. It's weird how they crossed over between. Sometimes every they, time they got pissed. They put a mask at, on. Yeah, every time they got pissed mysterious. at Vince McMahon, they, <laughs> they went to WCW, and then they made up with him, and they came back to WWF. It was, it was, it was a, probably more orchestrated than you thought. The best documentaries haven't even been made about that once vince is dead we're gonna hear all the oh, fucking yeah. dirt uh, he's he's similar to trump where you don't talk shit about vince mcmahon unless you want lawsuit like after dana lawsuit white, he, dana white's kind of similar too you know they got that fuck you money the, well they have the keys to the kingdom yep and no one's gonna say shit they it's just like, they're just happy to be it's involved. almost like what elon musk wants to do with twitter yeah or is it, is it x now yeah it's x it's stupid i'd still call it twitter i'm not calling it x that's stupid. It's hard that, enough calling that HBO guy is Max. such a tool. Yeah, it, it's weird. That guy's a tool. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to be it for this week. Hope everyone has a good one, and we'll see you next time for hopefully the super. Uh, so see you. Bye. Well, you got your fingers up around my cheeks. What the hell are you doing in there, John?